Hello and welcome to Series 3 of the Leading Through Uncertainty podcast. I'm Jude Jennison, founder of Leaders by Nature and host of this podcast, and I'm the author of the book Leading Through Uncertainty. In this series, I ask leaders to share their stories of uncertainty, the challenges they've faced and overcome, and what we can learn from their experiences. Irene King is head of IBM Systems Lab Services for UK and Ireland. She has lived and breathed uncertainty throughout her extensive career, continually responding to technological change and advising clients on how to use technology to grow their business. She applies the same approach to leading people too, recognising that everyone is different and everyone needs to have a voice to be engaged on the journey. If you think IBM is stuffy, think again. Irene is an entrepreneur. Hi Irene, thank you for joining me today. Can you tell us who you are and what you do please? Yes, I'm Irene King. I've uh, been in IBM for 30 years, 32 years um, in various roles. Um, my current role is the business unit executive for Systems Lab Services, UK and Ireland. Uh, I also have another role which is the brand leader for Service Storage for Europe. Wow, so over 32 years you must have seen some massive change in technology because I mean I just think technology is rapidly disrupting the way we live and work at the moment and, and has done all of that time. So what are some of the changes that you've seen? Uh, well when I first started in 1988 we were all office based. Um, we had a terminal um, and of course over the years we moved to um, notes and, and, and email um, and now you know we've got to a point where most of my team work from home uh, they have their own office at home they have their uh, their laptop and um, so I think we've moved from being a, an office-based company to to a, a home home working mm-hmm. company but we've still got our offices and we still we still meet which I think is important for a team and mm-hmm. for a leader to be able to meet face to face. And of course, on top of that, we've now got WebEx, so we could also have meetings uh, via WebEx, which, from my point of view, is uh, is a really good way of conducting meetings because it saves on the travel. Um, you can still see people face to face, and you know it's a massive move in, in technology. Yeah. So that's a, a video conferencing. Video conferencing. Um, yes. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah, I mean, it's incredible, isn't it, to think that I, I remember walking into IBM, because I used to work for IBM, um, I started in the 1990s and left in 2010, mm. and and when I walked in, there were all these screens on every desk, and I'd never seen <laughs> so many screens before, it was just incredible, and, and of course they weren't yeah. screens as we know now, you know, the dumb terminals were were really quite dumb, weren't they? And they it were, was, yes. you know, there were people yes. programming and doing all sorts of funky stuff that I could never do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so what's your what's your experience of leading through uncertainty, Irene? I'm sure, you must have had a lot of that. Well, going back to to what you just said, really, is the move the move uh, in technology, um, and technology moves so quickly. Mm. The organisations like IBM have to change. To move with it, and mm. um, we have to change the way we do business, and our our teams, our people have to change the way they react to our clients as well. Mm. So there's been many a period of uncertainty. I think through my 32 years of, of uh, managing IBM, and and what uh, one big one is, as I said, the way we do business. So um, hardware 
you know, used to be the be-all and end-all of our clients. You know, they were so reliant on, on buying their hardware to be able to run their mm. business. And the IT shops dictated to the, to the business. They run the business. Whereas now, the business uses IT to grow. Mm. And, and the data that is on their, their systems is used to do data mining, understand their clients, understand their business. Um, and consequently or subsequently, our teams have to move with our trend. Mm. Um, and, and it's difficult, you know, when you are a, a specialist or a consultant around the tin or the hardware that mm-hmm. IBM is so good at, it's difficult to change that mindset mm. to understand what the business wants. And I think that kind of uncertainty has has been in the background throughout the 32 years that I've, I've led and managed mm. um, because uh, of people changing their mindset, having to change their mindset. So would you say that um, for you uncertainty has just become the norm and is something that you embrace and it's and it's easy for you or do you still struggle with it? Um, I don't think I struggle with it, although maybe some people may, may say I do. Um, <laughs> I think it's important to understand that different people react to uncertainty in different ways. Mm. Um, and depending upon the confidence of your, your team um, or individuals in your team, mm. then you have to treat people as individuals and understand their motivation and their nervousness. Um, but also not to forget that maybe you're, you're shining stars in your team also have that um, lack of confidence as as their role is changing mm. and I think it's, it's, it's really important to treat people as individuals yeah so how do you how do you lead a team how do you personally do you lead a team that is going through substantial change whether it's in the team whether it's in IBM whether it's in the external market how do you get everybody on board uh, buy-in and communication mm. I think I think we underestimate the power of communication. Yeah. Um, and one blank, blanket communication um, is not one size fits all. Mm. So you can announce something at a higher level, but then it's important to get the individual teams and the individual members of those teams on board mm. through your other leaders, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it's that communication, that form of communication, mm. the form that communication takes is very important. Yeah. Um, keeping people in the loop, explaining to them what's happening mm. as much as you can. I mean, yeah. we all understand that there are some things that you can't share with people. But and sometimes when you're in uncertainty, you don't know. You don't know no, much more either. Exactly. <laughs> I think it's it's giving people the confidence that you are trying to do the best for the company, the best for them, mm. um, and you'll keep them informed and on board as best you can. Mm. And that's tricky, I think, in a big organisation, isn't it? Because... You know, it doesn't matter whether it's you know IBM or a or a big global bank or when you, whenever you've got a large volume of people, you're always going to have some early adopters and you're always going to have some you know vehement resistors to any change. Um, and as you say, everybody needs persuading in a different way, mm. don't they? Yes. Do you, Do you think it's harder for a large organisation to to adapt in uncertainty than it is a smaller one? Um. 
I'm not sure really. I think it's become more difficult since we've had more disparate teams, more diverse, well not diverse, but disparate teams. So um, if I go back to 1988 when I first joined and, and in those early years going into the 90s, IBM did their first big reorganisation and we saw the introduction of these, you know, what they call the separation packages. Um, but people were actually working out of an office. Yeah, in the same office, and you could see each yes. other, and you knew everybody. You didn't knew everybody, you? and you knew how people were reacting to things. Mm-hmm. Um, so back then, you could bring everybody into an office and explain to them what was going on, um, and then have one-to-ones with them face to face. Then through the years, when we started doing a lot of homeworking without the web conferencing, Mm -hmm. um, it was very difficult when you had to have one-to-ones just on the phone, Mm -hmm. because you can't, there's no body language, Mm -hmm. there's no Mm -hmm. facial expression, Mm -hmm. um, and I think that was difficult. Um, Now moving on to web conferencing, you know, it's become a little bit easier, Mm -hmm. but I still don't think there's any substitute for meeting face-to-face. No, no, there isn't, is there? Um, So in in answer to your question, I think, I, I don't think it's become... More difficult or less difficult, it's just become different. Yeah, yeah. And it's important, isn't it, that as times are changing, that we need to continually adapt to how we how we communicate. Mm-hmm. You know, 20, 30 years ago, we communicated by walking the floor of the office and tapping someone yes. on the shoulder and going, "How are you today?" Whereas yeah. you can't you can't do that as mm-hmm. as readily now. I think I think those those challenges. Um, are in both large organisations and small organisations. Yeah. I, I don't think there's a difference there. Mm. Yeah. No. So what do you think has been um, the biggest challenge you've had to face over the last 32 years? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, think, um, I think moving from one um, uh, department to another, because um, I, I was part of the large GTS organisation for some years, um, and then we um, it, there was a, a move to pull together um, a, a different team associated with, with our systems department uh, to deliver services, and and that I think was the biggest um, the biggest issue for me in terms of managing through some uncertainty because certain people were going to move to this new organisation and certain people weren't Mm. and it was being able to make those decisions based on people's needs, career plans, um, skills Mm. and making sure really you didn't leave anybody out. so, so I think that was the, I think the it's, biggest challenge. Yeah, I think it's tricky when you have a big change in the way an organisation is structured because mm. all of a sudden everything starts to shift, doesn't it? Uh, yes, and you start to yeah. question everything you're doing and how you're doing it and and is it the right way or is there a better way? And, mm, mm. and, and I think that creates nervousness with people cause, Absolutely, because once yeah, you start yes, questioning yeah. what you do and how you do, there becomes a question mark of, oh, am I actually as good as I thought I was? <laughs> yes, and, and there was, you know, questions about, is it is it better if I stay where I am, or is it mm. better if I move into this new area? Mm. Um, and there wasn't a right or wrong answer. Mm. Again, it was just different. Mm. Um, but having to build that team in lab services from scratch, 
um, and the people that, that actually came with me to do that. I mean, at the time, I think there were only about 14 of us. Um, and we had to build that organisational capability from scratch. And people were uncertain about, is this the right move for me? Mm. Do I prefer to stay with what I know, where I know it? Where it's a bit safer. Yes, mm. or am I going to move with Irene into this new area? Mm. Um, because that was um, seven or eight years ago. Um, we're 14 people and we're now 33. Mm -hmm. um, we've grown um, and throughout those years, with, with the growth, therein lies more uncertainty. So if we grow to this extent, are we still going to be able to meet the business demands and the business targets um, while we are taking on more people and more cost? And it's interesting because when, when you say that, it, it, it sounds very much to me like the challenges that I have in my business and a lot of small businesses talk about, you know, when we're, when we're growing, can we still service the existing clients and can we meet our targets and can we, yeah, you know, exactly manage the cash flow and the numbers? And yes. so what I'm hearing is that, you know, there's a microcosm and there's probably multiple microcosms within, within a large company mm -hmm. that have that same challenge, which is, Am I am I still relevant, and how do I grow without, you know, without blowing blowing myself up? Well, <laughs> the thing is, you've, you've hit a very you've hit a very um, pertinent word there on on relevant. So, the relevance of my team uh, depends on them moving with technology. So we we are lab services. We don't, we don't do labs and we don't necessarily do services. We actually are an enablement business. We enable our clients and our business partners to exploit the value of the IBM assets right. that they have in their company. Um, and to be able to do that, um, you have to move with the, the fast move of technology. Mm -hmm. So we are working on niche areas. We're working on new and emerging technologies. Um, and you know how, how fast technology Absolutely, moves. Absolutely, yes. So the learning curve is constant. Right. Um, and, you know, the, the members of the team have to move and move with that curve. Yeah. So would you say then that your team's quite entrepreneurial in its outlook in yes. terms of, yeah, in, yes. in terms of Very much needing so. to understand yeah. where the market's going, what the client needs are, mm -hmm. and then how do they manage their IT? based on yes. based on all of that exactly but you also have the clients that are um have got the core uh, the core technology mm -hmm. so we have um a lot of the core stuff that's doing implementation and configuration and personalization um, we have a lot of that plus of course we have the new sexy stuff that mm -hmm. they have to get up to speed with mm -hmm. and very very often, and this is another area of uncertainty, um, we have something like artificial intelligence coming along and our clients wanting to adopt that, mm. whereas we are just a couple of steps in front of our clients to say, right, you know, we need, we need to get some intelligence, we need to get uh, some training on this mm -hmm. to be able to 
enable the clients and, and the business partners. So you always have to be one step ahead, mm. don't you, really, in terms mm. of the technology? Mm. Um, and that must be quite difficult when it's yes. changing yeah. so rapidly. Mm. Um, I, I want to take you back a little bit because um, several times you've said it wasn't, we didn't, it didn't change for the better or for the worse. You said it was just different, or mm. we didn't have to communicate in a better, or, or we didn't do it in a worse way, but we just did it in a different way. And and I'm, I've not heard, I don't very often hear people say that, so I'm curious whether that is um, part of your success, because I, I hear you being someone who wants to adopt uncertainty and just step into it. I wonder if the accepting that it's just different helps you do that. I think it probably does and I think with the support of my management team, my leadership team and, and, and my technical consultants, um, I think that the collaboration uh, that we have within lab services is, is second to none, it's outstanding mm. and everybody contributes and we encourage everybody con to contribute um, so when there is change and uncertainty I think if everybody's got a voice and everybody has the ability um, to voice their thoughts mm. and their ideas mm. with no uh, threat of, of, of being no repercussions, repercussions yeah. exactly yeah. I think that's probably what what I think works. Mm. I mean, I think I, IBM's always been at the forefront of, I mean, I remember, you know, I left IBM in 2010 and years before I left, IBM was talking about collaboration and, mm. you know, IBM's values were designed as a collaborative effort from everybody in the company being, having input into their values. And, and I think particularly in a large organisation, that's pretty rare. Mm. Um, how do you, how do you then take that into your clients how do you collaborate with them on new and emerging technology um i th i think it's understanding where your client is today uh, where they want to be and also understanding what they need to do to get there mm. so back in the, in the early 90s you know coming forward um, it was, I think it was easier to understand where the client was and you had a longer uh, gap, if you like, um, time gap of, of where they wanted to be mm. uh, because things were moving slower. Yeah, now, it was a longer lead time, wasn't exactly, it? Exactly, now it's accelerated. So, um, you know, if you talk to a client about cloud adoption, where they are today and where they want to be tomorrow, um, tomorrow, you know, in time, maybe the end of the year or maybe mm. six months. It's a faster adoption mm. um, and understanding that our clients need to adopt technology faster mm. and all that comes with it mm. so that they can grow their business yeah. faster. Um, and I think, I think that's where technology and, and organisations have got to do you, do you find yourself sometimes having to rein clients in, in terms of, um, you know, there is there's so much technology out there, you could adopt just about anything you wanted, couldn't you? And I know, I know for myself as a small business, sometimes I just have to say no, not that, and yes to that. Do you, do you find yourself having to do that with clients where, you know, they see some new whizzy thing that they want to adopt, but it might not necessarily work 
as well with, with other technology I, that they've got or as I, part I of their think, overall business? I think the important thing there is to understand the priorities mm. and being able to demonstrate how it's going to affect their business mm. positively mm. or negatively, but positively. Mm. So if, um, if we look at the cloud adoption or AI adoption, um, if a client's never ever gone down that road before, how are they going to use that mm. to grow their business? How are they going to use that to understand mm. the data that they're carrying mm. to translate that into something that helps them grow their business? Um, so I think it's not about reining in, it's about understanding the priorities that will actually get them to where they want to be. And what the business is trying to actually the achieve. Because I think, you know, it's interesting because at the moment, you know, everyone's talking about AI and um, it's very easy to go, oh, okay, so I need AI in my business, when actually for some businesses, they probably don't. Um, so how do you how do you balance? And maybe they do. Maybe I don't understand how. And maybe that's your job. It's it's because AI, you know, as we know it, stands for artificial intelligence, but mm. it's also applied intelligence. Um, so companies have orders and orders of data um, in their in their storage, um, but they're not necessarily using it to their advantage mm -hmm. and so it's it's a matter of understanding what they've got and how they can use it so you can you can use you know in the smallest company um, to understand how they could do more marketing where they need to do the marketing what the trends are you know right up to the biggest retail banks and and you know uh, retailers mm -hmm. um, to understand more about their clients right yeah. so it, it's just a matter of scaling I think yeah anyway yeah. so what I'm hearing is that it's relevant to all of us and your job is to help people understand how it's relevant and how they leverage the technology to to grow their business absolutely and I think interestingly you say that because that comes back to more uncertainty because yeah. of course um, there's a, there's a lot of people who believe that, that the more AI they've got, the less human inter interaction there's going to be, and it's going to take people's jobs. Mm. Um, and again, I, I, I guess I like to think that, again, it's not better, it's not worse, it's just going to be different, mm. and people's jobs are going to change mm. with the adoption of more artificial intelligence, more automation. Mm. So as you say, it's just a different way of working, isn't it? And that we need to go into it with our eyes open. Yes. So that we don't lose the human interaction. But yes. it's it's not about being afraid of something. And and um, I know some of our younger listeners will be will be horrified by 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 this. But I remember in the 1990s when I joined IBM <laughs> and Lou Gerstner was the global chairman at the yeah. time, and he said, "We're going to do e-business. We're going to do all of our business online." And I remember thinking, that just doesn't make sense. I, I can't even think why you would want to do that. And yet here we are, you know, 25 years later. It's unthinkable for any business not to do something online, you know, whether it's your banking, whether it's whatever it is, everything. You know, my business thrives because I have, you know, a lot, quite a lot of IT behind it. Mm. Um and, and yet, 25 years ago, we didn't see that. What, what do you think in 25 years' time we might be saying about IT? Or is that not your area of expertise? 
um, I just want to go back to, to, to what, you, what you're saying there. And it's, um, if you haven't got a website now, if you're not on social media, you're almost an outcast, yeah. you know, you are not in touch with the real world. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it, it's important to have a voice, it's important to have a point of view, uh, because when you contacted me, the first thing I did was to Google you, look you up on LinkedIn, check your, your profile, um, and that's become a second nature now. Mm -hmm. um, but in 25 years' time, um, could we all be walking around with implants that we go, oh, yep, yeah, um, I've just come online, you know, I've got, I've just put my implant online and I'm now reading, um, instead of reading a Kindle in front of me or reading my, my book in front of me, I'm actually reading it through uh, uh, through my eyes, wow. you know, it's, it's some implant within my, my, my brain. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's. I think I'm it's slightly terrified by that, but I'm going to take the the lead from you, which is it's not better or worse; it's just different. Mm -hmm. And I think that I think that's the the most important thing in uncertainty is that we. I think that gives me real courage to to step into. I mean, I'm somebody who loves to step into uncertainty, but that gives me the courage mm -hmm. to to know that if I just go back to it's just different then it becomes a place of how might I rather than a place of oh I don't know if I can mm -hmm. so I so thank you for giving me that if nothing else I mean that that's that's such a powerful phrase to have I think I, I think the the generation the younger generation that come coming along who are, who have adopted uh, technology and social media a lot quicker than, than we did and, and it's getting you know it's getting faster and faster mm -hmm. um, you know, nine-year-olds, ten-year-olds, and now got their own phones. They are now on social media themselves. Mm. Um, we wouldn't have even thought that was would happen mm. uh, ten years ago, mm. even. Mm. Um, so it, I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility mm. that the the handset will become a thing of the past and it will be integrated into our DNA. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, it's slightly terrifying, but I'm going to stick with. The difference. It's, it's just different. It's just different. Yeah. Um, Irene, what keeps you awake at night? So um, I'm getting to a point in my life where I'll be thinking about retirement. Um, it doesn't keep me awake at night, but sometimes when I wake up, I start thinking more about when that will happen and how it will happen. Um, having worked for IBM for 32 years, um, it's the people I, I would miss. Mm. Uh, definitely my, my team. Um, not being able to talk to them on a daily basis. Mm. And not being part of that, that family, I, I, I guess. Mm. Um, I don't want it to sound um, as, like a cliche, but... Um, this is definitely one of the best roles I've ever had, um, both inside and outside of IBM. It's uh, a kind of autonomous team uh, with the flexibility uh, to do the right thing. Mm. Um, and my senior management team support that and support the initiatives and ideas and entrepreneurialism mm. that, uh, that they want to exercise. 
uh, within the team, and I'll miss that. Mm. So I think I think yes, that that's the kind of thing I'll miss. Um, I know when I know when I left IBM, and it, and it was ten years ago. The first couple of years, I really missed the people, and they were some of the best people that I've ever worked with. Some yeah. really brilliant people with some brilliant minds and hearts. Um, and I missed being part of a big global company that's really doing great things in the world and really changing the face of the way that we live and work. Yeah. And often often behind the scenes, it's not the latest whizzy app, but it's providing the capability mm. for the latest whizzy app. Mm. So I missed being part of that. Um, what I do know is... It will just be different. It will just be different. <laughs> yes, and I guess that's up to me and my my partner, my family, my my home family, mm. to be able to manage manage the family through that yeah. period of uncertainty. Yeah. Well, um, Irene, it's been great to talk to you, and I wish you all the very best. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. A pleasure. I was really struck by Irene's approach to uncertainty. Her view that it's not good or bad; it's just different. That gives me so much hope in those moments of doubt to trust that in the future, no matter how it unfolds, we'll be able to deal with it, but it will be different. It was also great to reminisce on my own experience in IBM and remember how incredible the people were that I worked with. IBM certainly gave me the foundations for leading through uncertainty. Perhaps that's what technological change gives us all, the ability to flex and respond to whatever happens in the future. How do you prepare yourself for the change and uncertainty ahead? How do you develop the skill of flexibility and adaptability? That's it for this week. I was your host, Jude Jennison, and I hope you were as inspired as I was. Keep leading and come back soon for the next interview on Leading Through Uncertainty. Mm-hmm.